Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of the Tiger Shulman's School here in Smithtown. I'm once again back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys a little bit of food for thought. Now, as you guys know, I always have a plan uh, for just about everything <laughs> in terms of martial arts, but also in terms of the podcast, and I have a large pool of topics that I choose things from. But every once in a while, and today is certainly one of those cases, the thing I want I wind up talking about it comes from something that happened that day or that week, and, and I realized, hey, this is a great time to talk about exactly this idea. So, you're going to notice probably the, ep- the title of today's episode, The Journey. And when you see it, I'm sure you'll wonder what that means. I'm sure you'll wonder if it's my journey in martial arts, but I covered that many, many episodes ago. It's about the journey of learning. So I'll tell you guys what motivated this. So earlier today, I was in my training, uh, and uh, I, I was training under Shiang Gravina, my, my instructor, and uh, another young man from one of the other schools was, was around, and he's a, a fairly new student. And what I mean by that, uh, <laughs> this is going to make me sound really old, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've been training for 24 years, so if you've been training for less than five years, you're a fairly new student in my eyes, and he's been training for a couple of years, but definitely less than five. And I, you know, he's, for where he's at rank-wise, he's very, very good. Um, and, you know, he's very involved in, in the school that he's in already. Uh, but he's an ambitious guy. Always wants to do better than he's doing, which is not a bad mindset. So we wound up sparring in class today, for those of you guys who don't know what that is. It's like... Um, what they might refer to in wrestling or something like that is going live. So you, you can throw whatever different punches and kicks, and obviously we're not trying to hurt each other. Just point out the openings and, 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 and these type of things, you know, with punches and kicks. Uh, so it's the most realistic way to practice, but you go with people who you can trust, so that way uh, no one gets injured or anything like that. And we wound up doing a round, uh, and then he... he Asked me to come back and work with him again at the end of the class and do one more round with him. And uh, as we get ready for the second round, I could see there was like this um, this look on his face. I don't want to say a frustration, but that's the closest word to the emotion on his face that I, that I could describe. And before we get started, he goes, could you give me any like advice as to like what I could do better and this and that and the other? And... and uh, he was like very anxious to ho- hope I could say some magic words that will make him do better, just you know, kind of instantly. And um, after the class, I, I caught his ear a little bit because it was important for me as an instructor, and I, I would consider, you know, as uh, one of the instructors in this class that I take, where there's instructors as well as other staff members and so forth, it's important for me that. Just like I would hope that my students that are in that class get helped by other instructors, I would hope to do the same for other people's students. So I, I caught his ear at the end of class, and I, I asked him what seemed like an unrelated question. I said to him, do you speak any languages besides English? And I went to this conversation with the advanced knowledge of knowing that he was bilingual. 
So he, he explained to me, yeah, yeah, he does. And I said, okay, which one is your, was your second language? And English was his second language. And he goes, but I speak it better now. I said, well, yeah, you practice it all the time. I'm like, but when you were speaking it for only two years or so, would you be able to carry on a conversation and feel as comfortable as someone who'd been speaking English for 24 years? He's like, oh, well, no. <laughs> and I said to him, I'm like, well, why would you expect to be at a similar comfort level as someone in martial arts who's been doing it 12 times as long as you? You, you've been training for like two years. I've been training for like 24. I'm supposed to be much more comfortable than you. I'm supposed to do better than you if we're, we're sparring. You shouldn't be able to catch me. I should be able to catch you. Uh, you know, I, I explained it. I'm like, listen, you got to think of martial arts like a language. And when you think about it like a language, you know, there are certain tendencies in language and in the physical language that is martial arts patterns that get built into our mind. It's funny, if you think about certain friends of yours, there are certain phrases that you link with those people in your mind. Think about it for a second. Picture somebody that you talk to on a regular basis and think about things that they say all the time. Everybody's got their little sayings, their little things that they go back to. I know I'm very guilty of it, for example. So, you know, when you're talking to that person, you see the opening for that, for that sentence or for that phrase to come out. You see it in advance. Before they even say it, you hear the words in your mind. Because you know their way of speaking so well. It's the same with, with most language. We can predict a lot of times when we say something, we can often predict, you know, which one of a couple of things the person is going to say back to us because we know the patterns of language. Well, if we think about this as physical, if we think about physical movements the same, I should say, and I know, for example, that, okay, I'm vulnerable here and I know the only things that can hit that specific target area are X and Y. Well, then I know only all I have to watch out for is X and Y. And I can usually see which one the person is going to throw based on what their body is doing. But that le level of comfort comes from years and years and years of experience. And that's what I was trying to get across to this young man. I said, listen, there is no substitute. There is no fast track for this idea. The only way for us to get to that level, the only way for us to build the comfort, for us to do better, is to put the work in. There is no fast track, there is no secret, there is no magic thing I can say or magic little thing I can teach you that's going to magically take you from a fairly, uh, I don't want to say low level, but like from a, a newer, where someone should be at two years in, there's no fast track to take you from there to 24 years. It just doesn't happen. Sure, well, working with someone who's been training that much longer than you Will that help you grow in skill faster? Absolutely, as long as you can trust that person. Because don't get me wrong, uh, I've not in the room that I'm training in, but you know, definitely in some martial arts schools, there's there are the goons, there's the mat bullies, who uh, you know they walk on the mat with something to prove to everybody, and they have to assert dominance. And God forbid you get the better of them in some way, shape, or form. 
uh, they're definitely going uh, to, to make you pay for it. It's funny. It happened. I, I remember training a, as a younger instructor in my sensei school. There was this kid we used to deal with all have to deal with all the time, and man, this kid had such an ego. I remember specifically like he prided himself on being like one of the best adult grapplers in the school, and there was only a couple of people who, in his mind, were better than him, and they were the only ones who were allowed to beat him. And if anybody else got the better of him for any reason, he was going to get up and he was going to go to like his go-to move that was you know, kind of a jerk move, and he would do it instantly, right after uh, they would get the better of him, just so he could, in his own mind, let them know who was boss. I digress. That kind of person wouldn't be the kind of person I would put this newer guy with. Because he's not going to grow his confidence. You want to go with the, the experienced person who's super comfortable and super cool. Who's not going to take advantage of the fact that there's a big experience gap. Someone who's going to, you know, touch the openings, who's going to push them with a pace, who's going to make them feel uncomfortable, but never make them feel scared. Never reinforce that fear by hitting them hard or putting an overwhelming pace on them it's just that that's not the right way you want that person's confidence to grow and the only way that's going to happen is through experience that, that's the thing the journey to mastery of any skill and i'm sticking with martial arts because it's what i know best obviously there is no fast track i'll give you a silly example once a year, every year, I go and I play golf with my uncles. I know I've talked about this before. But it's an important idea because it's funny. Every year, I go and I do the same thing as though I don't know the secret to this, <laughs> as though I don't know how to master a physical skill. You know, We'll be planning to go, and when we're going to go and play golf, I have it set in my head that I'm going to get myself way better than I was the previous year. Now, mind you, I hadn't played the previous year. I hadn't played since the previous year, I should say. So I'm going to go and I'm going to watch YouTube videos on how to go and uh, fix my swing and make my swing better. I'm going to, you know, watch, um, you know, highlights of, of golf players and stuff like that. I'm going to go to the the uh, driving range and I'm going to fix my long game. I'm going to go to putt-putt and I'm going to fix my short game, you know, all in a week or two. And, but ma magically watching these videos or watching these instructionals is going to magically grow my skills. Of course not. That's ridiculous. It's not the way that life works. That would be like if you worked out one, one time and got in shape. I'm sure a lot of us would like it if life worked that way. But unfortunately, it does not. Instead, the only way to get to, to that end point, to that higher level of comfort, is to ride the journey out. That's just that's the only way. There is no shortcut. The closest thing to a shortcut is really good training partners. That's the closest thing. Well, what do I mean? See, the, the next generation, and again, sticking with martial arts schools here, the next generation in a martial arts school should always be better 
and grow to a level of proficiency faster than the generation before them. Well, why? In the beginning, obviously, especially with the newer school, that instructor is super motivated and they have great connections with those people who start with them. And that's huge, absolutely. But as they train their martial artists the right way, what happens is those martial artists hopefully are kind and compassionate people. Hopefully they should be after going through the martial arts journey. So as they get put in that more, uh, as in that more uh, compassionate place of mind, now if they want good training partners and they don't just want someone to uh, you know, make themselves feel tough on, they'll train with that next generation the right way. They won't injure them. They won't make them feel discouraged. They'll, they'll go with somebody and that person will know who's in the driver's seat but won't be fearful. And this is something that I like to, to really explain to the kids in my school because there's nothing cooler than being the best kid on the mat. If you're the best kid on the mat and everybody runs to you and everybody wants to go with you, man, those kids feel unbelievable. They, they know they're like the hero of the mat. I think the best kids in, in the school are not necessarily the toughest, craziest ones. Don't get me wrong. I have some kids who are real, real tough and they're super competitive. And for them to, to not compete, to not try to get the better of somebody, is very difficult for them. Those kids, they... They have great skills physically, but I don't know if they're the most competitive, if they're the most compassionate yet. There are other kids who I know I can put with those super competitive kids who like are skilled enough and tough enough that they can go with those competitive kids. And these super skilled and super compassionate kids, they're on that same toughness level, but they also have a heart. I could put them with the littlest kid in the class. And that littlest kid in the class would leave the round and there would be no doubt in their mind who was the better kid. There would be no doubt in their mind how good the kid they were working with was. But they would leave the round with a smile on their face and they would do everything they could to work with that kid again next class. That's how, how it wants to be. I find my, uh, my greatest... Um, advice that I can give you when it comes to being a great training partner is do you have trouble finding a partner? If you have trouble finding a partner, it means one of two things. A, you smell. That one's kind of obvious. Fix that one. B, you're the jerk that goes too hard on people and no one wants to work with you. So, having a great training partner like that, someone who's going to push you outside of your comfort zone but not injure you or raise your fear. Having that person is the closest thing to a shortcut. The good news is, especially if you're in an established school, there's usually plenty of people like that. There's usually plenty of people who are going to be there to raise you up. And what that does is it allows that next generation to close the gap faster. So let's put this in an analogy sense. Let's put this in a, in a sense that we can kind of visualize. 
let's say that when uh, the new person enters the school, well, let's just give these people simple names. Uh, you know, let's say when Pete enters the school, that Ed is already in a skill level, and we'll call that skill level at 20. And let's say it took Ed a year and a half to get to that 20. If he trains with Pete the right way, and he's compassionate with him, and pushes him, doesn't hurt him, makes him feel uncomfortable, but not afraid, right? Just points out his openings, doesn't take advantage, is a real cool guy in that way. What's going to happen is Pete is going to get to that level of 20 and it'll take him a lot less time than it took Ed. It'll probably shave about a third off of that journey. And then when now it's Pete's turn, when Pete's the more experienced guy in the room and he's at a 20 and there's somebody coming in behind him, there's a Steve coming in behind him. Well, now Pete can push Steve again, being compassionate with him, making him better, but not hurting him doing all the things I described. Now that next generation comes up even faster. And to me, as someone who's been involved in the same martial arts organization for as long as I have, I look at it and I get to see this evolution all the time. It's such a cool thing. Because I look at how long it took me to get to a certain skill level. And what I find really cool is I think that the kids that I'm bringing up, the adults that I'm bringing up, they're all better at the level that they're at than I was at that level. I'm thinking of a young man right now who was in my class that I taught this evening, not the class I trained in. And at the rank that he's at, he's a teenager, he's like 17 years old, he's way better than I was at that rank. Way better. And I think he's better than a lot of the kids who came before him were at the rank that he's at now. But why? Because they trained with him. They were compassionate with him. But more importantly, he's not in a rush. He understands the journey. Right? So if you're taking a journey as well, whether it's martial arts, whether it's another physical activity, whether it's an artistic endeavor, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's a long-term skill-building journey. If you're on one like that and you find yourself wondering, man, what do I got to do to get to that level of mastery? Take the journey. Stay on it. Have a guide you believe in. That's very important, of course. But more than having a guide that you believe in, surround yourself with those on the same path as you. And the key is that that group has to be filled with three types of people. People a little bit ahead of you to be that compassionate person to pull you up. People at the same level as you. So you can bounce things off of one another. So you can see how you're progressing along with your peers. And of course for camaraderie. And then you need the people behind you as well. They're going to motivate you to want to do even better because you know you got someone kind of nipping at your heels. And they give you the opportunity to be a, a truly compassionate person and reach your hand back for the next person and pull them up. Right? And the rising tide raises all ships. That's the beautiful thing. As one of those groups gets better, one of those three levels gets better, 
it pulls the next two up behind him. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Take the journey. Don't look for a shortcut through. Look for the hand that's reaching out in front of you. And then, don't be afraid to reach your hand out behind you and pull that next generation up as well. There's no substitute. There's just great people that can help you make that journey a little bit quicker. That's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Sensei underscore Leonelli. Uh, you can find my school on Facebook at tsksmithtown.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. You can find uh, the school on Twitter and Instagram at tsmma underscore Smithtown. The podcast is on Instagram at T.S. Smithtown Podcast. You can find out more about the Tiger Showman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. As always, guys, please make sure you're rating and reviewing the podcast, just helping it grow. Please make sure to uh, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And most importantly, share it. I give this out to as many people as you think need to hear it. So that way, right, the community grows that much more. And until next time, my friends, I'll see you guys on the mat.